Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben and this is the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. This is the first episode of season four, the 2018 festival season. Throughout the year, I've been traveling around the country to various barbecue festivals, and in this episode, I jump on a plane and fly down to Victoria for the incredible Melbourne Meatstock Festival. Before we get into it, I want to invite you to join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community on Facebook. If you're looking for a barbecue group full of open-minded people who just love to help each other out, the Smoking Hot Confessions community is a great place to continue the conversation. Finally, however you listen to this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. It really helps me spread that barbecue love. So without further ado, grab yourself a giant beefy rib and an icy frosty, and let's hit Meatstock Melbourne together. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? Ladies and gentlemen, it's quarter past 11 on Saturday morning. It, I've just rolled up. The sun is shining. We've got blue sky. It's a little bit windy. That's going to die down later on. It's certainly not stopping anybody from showing up. This place is filling up fast. The smoke is rolling through the air. The live sound stage is, is being set up. Everybody's running around doing their thing. I love meat stock. Now, something I am going to have to go and do in a minute is to go and do a little bit of homework. I've been sitting here looking at the program for the event and it's big there's got to be 40 different things going on across the weekend i'm gonna have to go and sit down and work out what i'm going to go tackle each day and i'm taking a three-pronged approach this year so i've got my audio recorder i've got my digital camera and i'm also taking a bit of a step into the world of video so make sure you keep an eye on the social media platforms make sure you catch up all that stuff i'm going to go head into the vip and media area now and go check out what's going on in there Folks, it's not even half past 11 in the morning and I've just found my, my first fascinating thing for the day. I was just happening to wander past one of the uh, caterers here, Big Smoke Barbecue, and I've spotted something that I've only seen on the internet, never seen it in Australia. It's a giant stumps smoker. So I had to come say hello, and I'm here talking to Dan from Big Smoke Barbecue. How you going, Dan? Um, not too bad. Thanks, bud. Yourself? Mate, I'm having a great time. Now, I, I, I heard you've been up all night. How are you feeling? I'm pretty tired, but it's just starting off for us really today now. Um, I think by about 9 o'clock tonight, I'll hit a wall and sneak off for a bit of a snooze in the car. Sounds like a great plan, mate. I hope you've got a nice decked out panel van or something. Now, I've stopped by to say hi because I've seen this fascinating-looking thing here, this Stumps Smoker. Can you tell me a bit about that? Um, this is the XL Stretch Stump Smoker that came over from Georgia. Um, we ordered it about four months ago, and it just arrived about yesterday morning at 8 a.m., and uh, yeah, it's just cooked on it first first time. Sorry, guys, first time last night, and um, it ran like a dream for the night. Just hummed along about 250, didn't touch it all night, and um, pumped out a load of meat. So it's great. That's fantastic. So can you tell me a little bit about how it works, as it's not one of the more familiar brands here in Australia? So it's a gravity fed. So basically, it's like a big cabinet with a giant chute on the side, um, and you fill that chute with charcoal, and you light it at the base. And as it burns, the chute will lower under gravity, and the charcoal will get lower and lower. Um, and there's a fan attached to the side. So as the pit drops down in temp, the fan will turn on, blow more hot air into it, bring it back up the temp, and then the fan will sh shut off, and it'll just continue doing that all night at the certain temp you, that you set it to. Mate, that sounds like a caterer's dream. It's got to be so reliable and replicatable, which are two of the most important things. I can see why you chose it. Now, how big an ordeal was it to get it into the country? Uh, look, it wasn't too bad. It was just a bit of time consuming, really. As I said, it was about four months ago we ordered it. Um, and it was about two months it was on the boat for, and then sat at the docks for about a, a week. So, as I said, we ordered it four months ago to have it here just for this event, and it arrived yesterday morning at 8 a.m., so it was really cutting it fine. That's beautiful. So what do you got in there for the uh, people today? Um, at the moment, we've got chicken, sausages, briskets, and pork butts. Excellent. Now, I heard someone talking about the uh, the sausages there before. What, what's in those sausages? Uh, they're pork sausage, and they have jalapeno and cheese in it as well. Ah, oh, that breaks my heart. I'm allergic to cheese. I can smell them. They, oh. and, and, and when you opened it for me before, they looked so good, so good. All right, so how many, uh, how many people are, are you expecting to feed here this weekend? Um, we're looking at around 1,500 over the two days. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty full on. 
Um, so people are starting to come in now. It's beautiful weather. It's going to be about 33 degrees today. As long as the sun stays out, people will turn up. Sounds like a great day for it, mate. Thank you so much for your time, and I'll catch you again later on. Thanks, buddy. Have a good day. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday afternoon. It is quarter to five in the evening. All the SCA hand-ins have been done. I've been very lucky. I've been up in the uh, in the media tent. I've been uh, drinking bourbons with Mo and uh, Mrs. Hillbilly Wes and Hillbilly Wes himself and Texas Barbecue. So I've uh, there's been a little bit of a delay between last interview and this interview, but I'm here now with John from Dr. Q, one of the nicest teams that you're ever going to meet. How has uh, Meatstock been treating you, John? Well, thank you very much for the compliment. Uh, but Meatstock's been great this year. We had a few challenges on the way down with a trailer that was trying to explode a wheel bearing on us. Um, but we finally got here this morning. And yeah, it's been a good day, doing something a little bit different with SCA. Um, so yeah, we're having fun. So you've hit up uh, SCA today. Walk me through the different categories that you had to hand in for that. Yeah, so this is our first time with the SCA. Um, we, we jumped on board to try and mix things up a little bit, having done you know the full year with just the ABA. Uh, so today it's been chicken wings, burgers, burger. uh, the steak, um, and the bacon at the end, which was a real head scratcher when we first started thinking about what we were going to turn in. Mate, tell me all about that. What'd you do for the bacon? Oh, look, we've ended up with a, a bacon jam with a little bit of tomato relish to kind of give it some acid and cut through. Um, so look, it, it's come up all right, I think. I guess we'll find out in a couple of hours. So did you serve that up on crackers or something or just like throw giant globs of it in the box and hand it in? Pretty much giant globs in little uh, cupcake holders. It was originally going to go in a nice crispy bacon cup, but that didn't quite work in the experimental kitchen. Oh no, a bit of a bacon disaster. How about your burgers and all the rest of it? How'd you go with them? Look, the burger was the burger was really good today. Um, you know, we hit the boys up at Campbell's, the butcher that uh, supplies us, and, and got some tips. Um, so we had a really nice burger. I did a sort of mac and cheese patty, and a few other little odds and ends in there for the creativity component. Um, a couple of punters had a go and liked it. So hopeful, hopeful, but who knows? Interesting mac and cheese, mate. Break down the mac and cheese for me. How what what goes into making a good quality mac and cheese? Mate, good cheese. It, it, you end up spending 30 or $40 on a bowl of mac and cheese, but it's all about the cheese. $30, $40 on a bowl. That's a big bowl. But yes, it's not cheap. Uh, it's not something I do very often. It's not something you do very often. But you know, barbecue's not a cheap sport, mate. So it's not what the kid gets on, uh, on, on Friday, Saturday and Sunday nights? <laughs> no, no. That, he can have the stuff out of the craft box. <laughs> all right. So run me through what you're cooking on here today. Uh, so as usual, we're running on the uh, the Smoky Mountains. We're fueled by heat beads all weekend. Um, we've got, what have we got this weekend? Four 18-inch Smoky Mountains, a 22, a baby 14, and a little Smoky Joe um, just for some high heat cooking every now and then. Mate, I, I uh, did eye the Smoky Joe. I just bought one of them myself when I was over in the States. They are a very fun little bit of gear. So when you say high heat, what exactly are you doing with them? Uh, so we usually have that running just as a little searing station. So for today, that's, you know, finishing off a steak to get those uh, grill marks. Um, but whenever we need to hit something with a sear, um, including once or twice the back of my legs, uh, scars to prove it. Um, and yeah, good little unit. Yeah, they will get the back of your legs for sure. Now, I'm very intrigued by this little 14-inch uh, Smoky Mountain over here. It basically looks like a Smoky Joe with a bit of, bit of a body and a deeper lid on it. So what are you up to with that today? Uh, it hasn't actually been in use today. Uh, it's kind of a little ancillary one there. I think originally it was, uh, for those that have seen us as comps, we'll see AJ's daughter comes along as our youngest member. So that's her barbecue. Um, often gets used for wings, um, but they tend to run a little bit hotter. So it can be useful if you're trying to run something a little bit hotter, like a chicken wings or something, you want a bit crispy skin. Um, but yeah, today it's just been on standby. Awesome. I think I did see some uh, some members of the general public stopping by and paying it some attention. So that's always worth its value there at barbecue competitions as well, something to bring the public in. So if you could give one piece of advice to the listeners out there, um, let's say burgers. You've just done your SCA burgers today. Yep. What would be one piece of advice that you'd give for people that really want to up their burger game? Uh, well, the first piece of advice I would say if you're, if you're looking to do SCA is keep in mind the lid has to close because um, that was a challenge. And also keep in mind, you have to cut one of them into quarters so tall burgers don't go well. We've had some challenges today. Um, but look, if you really want to lift your burger game, look at the quality of the meat. Uh, don't add too much to it uh, and don't overcook it. There you go. Excellent advice right there. Well, thank you very much for your time. You've been very generous and I wish you the best of luck for the results coming out in about one hour. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's been good to chat to you.
Folks, it's now Sunday. It's about midday, and I've managed to track down Big Willie from Badass Barbecue. Mate, how are you today? Mate, wonderful. Um, let me just set the scene for everyone. It's Sunday. It's it's sort of mid-morning. Um, it was blowing a gale before 10 a.m. It was raining. People's marquee tops were sort of popping off. But um, the sun's come out, and now everyone's out enjoying the sunshine in Melbourne. It's great. Yeah, I had to go and uh, stash all my gear behind the merch tent today because I was pretty sure when I turned up at 10 o'clock this morning it was going to be pouring rain, so it's good to see it's gone this way. Yeah, absolutely. It's been great. Great great event. been really fun. Now, just to jump, uh, take a jump uh, back in time, uh, we'll get back to meat stock in a minute. You guys just cleaned house down in Jericho. How was that? Yeah, it was good. I actually wasn't there. The other two boys were there competing uh, on their own, which they which they did the year before. So it wasn't a, a huge deal. They liked like that two man comp style at Jiracool. Um, I was actually in Adelaide doing a class for barbecues galore, which was which was good as well. So we had a good weekend across two states for badass barbecue. Mate, congratulations! That's fantastic. Now you guys are all over the barbecue scene at the moment. You did mention those classes for barbecues galore before. Tell us a bit about them. What do people learn and when's your next one coming up? So we're doing one uh, in a couple of weeks at Camperdown. I think it's the 24th of March. Um, I believe tickets have almost sold out. Um, we tend to sort of focus the class less on, on our cooking ability at competition and more about what we've learned from competition and introduction to low and slow, all those things that we've done wrong over the past, say, four or five years, all that meat we've wasted, all those fires that have gone out, we've learned from that. We've put it into a class format just so people can get a better idea of the things we've learned, I guess, when it comes to sort of the introduction to solid fuel cooking. Right, that sounds fantastic. Now, you've also been doing something a, a little bit similar to that here at Meatstock. You've been doing some uh, demonstrations on the ultimate barbecue platter. Can you give us a bit of an insight into what goes into an ultimate barbecue platter? Yeah, so when, when Jay sort of asked me if I'd, if I'd do a, a, a demo, I guess, and, and I sort of thought about it, yeah, and a platter was probably a good one um, because it's something that people can make at home and share, and there's a bit of variety on there. For example, I do a lot of fruit. So I do peaches dusted with a cinnamon sugar. I do some uh, pineapple, grilled pineapple, and then I throw a bit of coconut over the top. And then I do some, some, some old favourites like some pork cutlets and I do some, some um, chicken wings with a, a nice sweet spice rub um, and then do like an Alabama white sauce over the top. So there's like lots of colours on there and a few different items. It's not all meat. And I think that's important. I, I think when you cook as much of meat as a lot of people do when they get right into low and slow barbecue, it's nice to do something a little bit quicker and something with a little bit of variety such as fruit and veg, you know. Absolutely. It's all about getting that, that nice mix of, uh, as you said, colour, but also, you know, let's face it, some, some nutrients and minerals in there as well that we don't uh, necessarily get in a big slab of beef. Look, I must admit a few people have picked on me for cooking vegetables. That's sort of sacrilege when you talk to some of the diehard competition guys. But, I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, you're putting, putting stuff like fruit on the barbecue. You wouldn't even think of doing that, you know, and um, people's eyes light and they're like, I'm going to go home and do that. And um, a guy came up to me and told me the story about pineapple that she soaks in bread brandy then he grills then he does like a coconut puree over the top i'm like that sounds amazing you know yeah that that's uh, phenomenal so how have your uh, your, your hand-ins been going for this comp yeah good look um jay the promoter of meat stock has mixed it up a little bit brisket was smack bang on the middle so it changed the way we sort of structured our program or our cook um Obviously, we do a lot of competitions, but often brisket is last, so uh, it's mixed up a little bit, which we think is great because it sort of keeps you guessing, keeps you thinking. Um, look, it was very windy overnight. Um, there wasn't too much rain, but we did. Yeah, we've look, we've had to catch um, hand in boxes, and we've had to catch you know flying bits of foil and that sort of stuff, which has been a little bit tricky. But I think the cook seems to be going pretty well. Um, you know, we've got our recipes down. Uh, we obviously had a lot of success here last year with the GC. So we're hoping to do that again or at least pick up a trophy, which would be amazing. Mate, fingers crossed for you. Before I let you go, I just want to ask you one more question. What would be one actionable tip for the backyard brisket barbecuers out there? Um, I think salt, pepper, garlic, which is what everyone tells you. Um, look, I don't think you necessarily have to be injecting and that sort of thing for home cooking. Um, in our class, we teach people to wrap after four hours, so smoke for four wrap with a little bit of beef stock or butter um, or just wrap um, as is and then you smoke again until it probes like butter that is literally our class technique um, it's similar very similar to what we do at comp um, we do a few other little tips and tricks but you know wrapping after four hours uh, ensures you get a moist product at the end or as moist as possible and you can add that other flavor like i said you can put a bit of beef stock in there 
um, which adds a more beefy flavour to it. And um, at the end of the day, that's why you're cooking brisket. You want that big, hearty, beefy, savoury flavour. That sounds delicious, mate. I'm hungry for brisket all over again. So, mate, thank you very much for your time and best of luck at the uh, trophy presentations. No worries. Really good to see you. And I'll, I guess I'll see you in Melbourne. Uh, sorry, I guess I'll see you in Sydney for meat stock. Folks, this is about as excited as I have ever been. I've managed to uh, corner Big Mo Quezon. And I'm about to sit down and ha have a bit of a chat with him here. We're sitting up on the, uh, on the deck, looking out over the Meatstock Festival. The sun is out for now. Um, the clouds are gone for now. The rain is gone for now. We'll see what happens the rest of today. But Mo, how are you enjoying Meatstock, mate? Man, I'm having that excellent time. I mean, it's just uh, my first time here in Melbourne. I um, did Auckland, New Zealand last year in Sydney and uh, for meat stock, and this is my first time, obviously, in, uh, in Melbourne. Just a great time. So what is it about, um, about the Southern Hemisphere, about Australia and New Zealand that does keep bringing you back out here? I just like the people, man. The people and the culture reminds me a lot about my where I'm from. I'm from the center part of the country, which is I'm from Iowa. Um, it's an ag state, but everybody I've ran into, everybody just grounded, down to earth, folks. There's no uh, uh, just people, just just genuine. That's the key word I want to say. They're just genuine. So, in terms of your your competitive career, how many uh, like how many competitions do you reckon you've you, you've been in? I think I've probably about 300, and I've probably done since 2006. Um, I've kind of slowed down here the last few years because of other opportunities there that are uh, guaranteed <laughs> paid gigs. Uh, so, but I've I've done, you know, I'll probably do maybe 10 to 15 this year. Awesome. So 300 through your career. How do Australian competitions compare with uh, with what you've seen back home? It, it looks great. It's just this. If I was just here in America, this would be of a cook-off back at home. Uh, the only difference is the categories are a little different. You know, like we don't normally have lamb as a main category. Um, our main categories are generally rib, uh, chicken ribs, pork shoulder, or, or pork butt, and brisket. Those are the main. And then you have ancillaries. But in order to be a crown grand champion, the, your main categories is chicken ribs, pork, and brisket. So, but you guys have, which is really cool, unique. You know, you guys are known for your lamb. So it just makes sense to have that as one of your categories in order to be grand champion, which is awesome. And have you been able to try any of the lamb here yet this weekend? Outstanding lamb. The New Zealand and Australia have obviously you guys are legendary when it comes to producing high quality lamb and I've had some great lamb this weekend. I'm gonna ask a, a divisive question here now. Who does better lamb, Australia or New Zealand? I'm not gonna answer that. Ah, oh, come on. Oh, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. So what's been the most interesting thing that you've seen here at the festival? Uh, the most interesting thing, um, I just think it's just uh, I'm overwhelmed. At I'm looking out here on this concourse and I'm seeing all the people in and uh, their love for low and slow barbecue. It's just it's incredible. I mean, you know, barbecue scene here is new here in Australia and also in New Zealand, and it's just amazing that you know it's great. It just speaks to meat stock, you know, and then they're preaching the, the gospel, man. They're out here bringing the, uh, these great teams together, these vendors together to come out and, and create this atmosphere. And it's just awesome. I mean, this is, an American, this is an American tradition. And it's over here across the world in Australia and New Zealand. And they're just, it's just, uh, it's just taken off. Just like it, it's like, like you guys have been doing this forever. Yeah, we've uh, we've had quite an opportunity to, uh, to to watch and learn from the Americans, and we've sort of really really taken it on board and sort of really making it our own at the moment, which is uh, just fantastic to see. So, a lot of the listeners here are, uh, are avid backyard barbecuers. If you could pick one of the particular cuts, it might be brisket or chicken or pork ribs. Tell us which one, and then give us some uh, some advice as to uh, how they should be going about cooking them. You know, if you're going to go out and, and buy yourself a brisket, first of all. That's one of my favorite thing to cook is, is brisket. Get, get the highest quality grade-wise that you could buy. Um, obviously, you know, try to get a prime or a Wagyu. You guys have great Wagyu beef here. Uh, try to get a great piece of meat because that is really critical when it comes to beef with the brisket. Um, the better quality you got, the better. As long as you cook it correctly, you're going to have a better, superior product at the end versus a lower quality cut. So take your time, um, throw some smoke. If you're in your backyard on a Weber kettle, kind of move your charcoals to one side and then have a cool zone where the opposite side has no charcoal underneath it. Throw your meat on that other side 
slow smoke it, you know, 230 degrees Fahrenheit to 250, 260, depending on your pit, and slowly cook that pork shoulder. I mean, pork, I mean, that beef brisket. Then once it gets up to about 160 to 170 internal temperature Fahrenheit, that's when you need to wrap it. Wrap, wrap, get some butcher paper and or some foil. Wrap the brisket up tight. Put it back on the pit. Put your thermometer back through the paper to the center section of that brisket, and then take it out to about 200, and, 200 to 203 Fahrenheit internal temperature. At that temp, when you grab the thermometer and start pushing in and out of this brisket, it should feel like a knife through hot butter. If there's any resistance whatsoever, it's not done yet, and you need to take it a little further. So, but you, this is the critical where you got to watch it. Maybe come every 20, 15, 20 minutes and check it, you know, because you don't want to overcook brisket. So, 160, 170 when you wrap it, and then when the done temperature is going to be about 200 to 203 degrees Fahrenheit. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much. Now, in, in terms of comp cooking, do you separate a brisket or do you cook it whole? And then is it fat side up or fat side down? Uh, when I do competition or back at home, I don't. You can do this, but you can separate the two. But I, I do what is a, I do a butterfly technique that I've, I, I, I separate partially the point from the flat, and then I trim the fat off the top of the point and off the bottom of the point, being that it's still attached to the back end of the bottom side of that flat. Therefore, it's all in one piece still. And then when I, uh, as it's cooking and rendering, and and, and reducing that point becomes exposed even more so and then you get a beautiful bark on the top and the bottom end of that of that point then at the end once she's done cooking you can separate the two easily cube up your point put it in some sauce or some rub and then put it back on the pit to set the sauce and uh that's that's what i do Mate, thank you so much for your time. You've been very generous with your knowledge and your time. I know that you're running around like a like a like a kite in the in the summer wind here this weekend. Um, and thank you much for for giving me some of your time. No problem, my friend. Uh, hi, my name's Jay, and I'm from Meatstock, and you're listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions. Alrighty, folks, it's Sunday afternoon, it's 20 to 4, the last hand-ins have been done, the sites are being packed up, and I found my good mate Michael from Butcher's Axe Barbecue. Now, you remember this guy from episode 13 from uh, the 2017 festival series? I interviewed him here at Meatstock uh, before, during, and after Meatstock, which was their very first festival, and they did very well. So, Michael, how are you feeling about this Meatstock? Yeah, not too bad. I guess we've um, come a long way since last year. We've done four comps in between Meatstock 2017 and Meatstock 2018. So we're feeling pretty good about this weekend, but our expectation on ourselves has gone up a lot as well compared to last time. So uh, it's all going to come down to how we actually perform. Well, mate, those expectations will go up when you do keep winning those trophies. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about uh, about the last 12 months and uh, and your successes in there. Yeah, so um, facetiously, I said last time that I had the best. We had the best brisket cook in Australia on our team, Sam, um, and that was to put a bit of uh, pressure on him to keep performing. And we finished fourth in brisket at meat stock, and then the following competition that we did in Adelaide, we came second and got a trophy for it in brisket. And since then, we've done not too bad as well. Uh, no more trophies, but that's been fine. And then we've actually uh, also won trophies in other categories, which we never thought we would. Things like ribs chicken wings um call up for steak yesterday which was impressive as well for us we don't really cook many steaks so yeah we've we've really enjoyed ourselves we've uh had a little bit of success and we're hoping to build on that for this year that's awesome man if i can follow up a little bit on that um what tips would you have for cooking the perfect steak for the listeners at home uh, practice, practice, practice. So uh, a few months ago, we had a state competition uh, at Creekside, Warwicknabeel, uh, the nice little comp down there. And it was the first steak I cooked for a comp and I finished 25th out of 30 or something like that. And it totally deflated me because I thought I could cook a steak. So I just went home. I bought myself a packet of um, probably about 24 skirt steaks and I just worked on my flavors and I just cooked steak two, three times a week and eating competition steaks is terrible, but it's, it's over season. But uh, I just kept practicing, practicing, practicing. And I brought brought that game to the competition yesterday and I got an eighth. So I was really, out of 50 teams, I was really happy with that. Mate, that is fantastic. So are you a reverse sear guy or are you a direct grill guy? 
Are you trying to get my secrets? Because <laughs> uh, well, I, I, the, the time I came 26 out of 30, it was a reverse sear. Uh, and yesterday we did direct straight on the uh, grill grates. Ah, there you go. There you go. There's a lot of uh, people trying to do the reverse sear thing. So it's interesting to hear that you're going old school with a direct grill. That's fascinating. So how are you feeling overall about your, your ABA hand-ins? Uh, from today, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're pretty happy. I think we did we did fairly well for our first ABA comp of the year. Um, I think we'll see how we go. We ran similar um, similar boxes and, and flavour profiles at the Yaks Festival, which is a KCBS festival a month ago, uh, which we did okay. And we came first in Lamb, our first ever first, which was great. Um, we had a few troubles today. The weather wasn't too good um, and we weren't really on our game. But, you know, all in all, I think we did okay. So results, see how we go. Mate, I'm looking forward to it. So we've got a little bit of time to relax now before 5.30 and I'll have my fingers crossed for you and I hope I see you up on the stage. Cheers, mate. Time to crack a few cans and enjoy the rest of the Arvo. Hey, folks, I do apologise for the wind noise. There's not too much I can do about that at the moment, but I do have a fantastic little chat coming up with Brendan from Smoking Meat House. These guys just took out the SCA uh, competition yesterday. They're cooking on the f a fantastic-looking Octo Pit from New Zealand. Mate... Welcome to Melbourne, welcome to Australia, welcome to Meatstock. Cool, thanks very much, Ben, yeah, you really had a good weekend. So how's it all been uh, been going for you? Did, did you get blown away last night? Oh, we did, yeah, the, yeah, the wind sort of picked up about midnight last night and it was, just, it was just absolute chaos, to be honest. It just got worse and worse and, you know, our gazebo got smashed to bits, legs broke off it, yeah, it was just absolute chaos. We are sort of trying to box up, dust everywhere, it was just, yeah... You wouldn't really want to, yeah. I don't think we're going to get too, too high points on presentation today. <laughs> well, mate, if it's any consolation, I don't think you're going to be the only one. So I, yeah. I, I think all the judges are going to get big, uh, big mouthfuls of grit. Yeah, no, that's all good. Yeah, it's nice to hear everybody's in the same boat, that's for sure, yeah. So you've come over here from, from New Zealand. What was it that brought you to Meatstock? Well, basically we came here last year and um, went to Auckland Meatstock and then my brother-in-law um, lives in St Kilda, so we thought, oh, well, we'll come over to Melbourne. And, um, yeah, fantastic event. And if you told me uh, this time last year I'd be competing here this year, I would have said, you know, yeah, bugger off. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, just absolutely blown away the, how fast the barbecue competition scene's been going in New Zealand, uh, especially with Jack Daniels, uh, the national series that uh, Luke Sini's been running. Um, yeah, we've just got so many fantastic uh, guys in New Zealand just really pumping the, the barbecue competition team. Uh, Trevor Dawson from the Aussie Pit Boys came over, so I just, um, you know, hooked up with him learnt masses from Trevor and um, just introduced us to you know so many people that you know we've been you know Facebook stalking for for you know for a year and a bit and just to be here competing against you know you know these guys here it's just it's just mind-blowing to be honest yeah it's really cool yeah we had much the same experience when we went to Texas it was just uh, it, it was so good just to go travel to another country and and, and see how it's done yeah now, something that I do want to ask is, you have an octo pit here. Now, I've, I have not seen one in person yet. Can you uh, be as descriptive as you can, because it's an audio medium? Can you tell us uh, what, what an octo pot is and how it works? Um, basically, this, this one set up, this is a backyard of four. Um, it's got four trays in it. It's got a cooking area of just under a square metre. So it's perfect for, your, obviously, your backyard. Um, we run the XL, which has got an extra two trays in it. But just the way these things are designed, they're just so efficient. You know, you can use, run any sort of wood in it, and it just, it, it just sits, especially last night, with the wind and that. You know, we were just, it was just sitting, sitting at the temperature that we wanted it at you know for as long as you want really they're just yeah they're just really well designed they're, it's all five mil steel they're just a, a solid thing and yeah can't can't really beat it so yeah okay so it's an offset stick burner yeah uh reverse flow yep roughly how much does it weigh and how hard was it for you to get it into australia um i mean gerald was really good we had this sort of lined up for a while um, my brother-in-law is obviously a passionate kiwi so he wanted to get a kiwi built, you know built pit into melbourne um, and it was a yeah, perfect opportunity. You know, Jared wanted a, an octo pit at, at Meatstock Melbourne. Um, He's obviously doing a few demos in that here today, so it was really good for him to talk. And then we had heaps of inquiries about it today, so hopefully it won't be the last one. So this is only the second octo pit in Australia. Um, Trevor's got one in Sydney. Um, he's running the XL, the slightly larger one, um, which is, is perfect for competition. There's just so much room in it. So um, this, this one, is you struggle a bit, to be honest, at competitions. The XL was the one you really want. But, um, yeah, they're just... Just, just so, um, so, so efficient. Struggling for size, do you mean? 
how do you mean? The, oh, sorry, just cooking area. You know, when you're sort of doing, you know, brisket, ribs, you know, everything's you can pretty much contain in the octopit. So you can pretty much do your whole cook on an octopit and just maybe chicken on a fornito or a Weber. Beautiful, mate. Love it. Now, there's been a bit of a long-standing rivalry between Australia and New Zealand about who does the best lamb. So for my listeners that are listening at home that want to go out the backyard and ha- have a crack at some lamb, what would be some New Zealand lamb golden tips that you'd be willing to share with them? <laughs> it was quite funny because we, um, uh, Auckland Meat Stock, a couple of weeks back, we actually uh, won the lamb category, um, cooked on an octopit, but we actually used Australian injection. We used badass, badass lamb tech and we used heavenly help, you know, rubs. So, you know, it was funny. We used New Zealand lamb uh, from Hawke's Bay, which is where I'm from, uh, Napier, the east coast of the North Island. And um, so we used the Aussie flavours because this, is, this has been our main target. Um, you know, for about a year now, so we were really targeting this. So we, we gave Auckland a crack. Yeah, the lamb the lamb came out really nice. Uh, a little bit different today. We um, had some um, really nice lamb from Cha 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 um, down in um, Parkdale there from Glen and Luke down there, who have just been fantastic for the weekend. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we go today. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting, man. So what differences do you notice between uh, Kiwi lamb and Australian lamb? Not not too much, to be honest. Um, we probably have a smaller cut, but there seems to be more marbling in it, where you guys have like larger larger meat and there doesn't seem to be as much marbling in it. But the, the flavour is, is, is fairly similar. It's, um, yeah, I mean, we're not that far apart, are we? I mean, <laughs> no, but, you know, there's always different techniques for raising animals and all that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they all eat grass, I suppose, but yeah. <laughs> well, listen, mate, thank you so much for your time. Um, I, I really appreciate it, and thank you for showing me around your octopit. Cool. Hey, thanks very much, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you were listening to the Living the Dream series, you would have remembered I had a good chat with Gus from, uh, from Gus Face Grill of Western Australia. He has made it all the way over here to Melbourne uh, for meat stock, which I actually met him at same time last year. So, mate, happy friendiversary. Yeah, good, mate. Good to see you again. Happy anniversary. So, have you been uh, handling meat stock this year? Yeah, good mate. I've um, just been mostly actually taking it as a punter this year. So, um, yeah, not doing any demos, just um, hanging out and generally having a good time with um, all the various things there are to do here. Righto. So, is there that much of a difference between being a competitor, being a demonstrator, and being a a, a, a punter, as you say? Um, probably the the beer consumption is about the same either way. Um, Definitely being a punter is a bit more relaxing, so uh, it was good just uh, heckling other people instead of being heckled for a change. And um, yeah, you know, there's so much to take in that you kind of miss out on when you're competing or um, doing demos and all that sort of stuff as well. I, I totally understand what you're saying. So what's been the highlight then of all the things that you've been able to see as a spectator? Um, I did enjoy seeing uh, Jared McDonald um, all the way from New Zealand entering the uh, sausage eating contest before. That that was pretty hilarious. Um, Oh, just generally getting to have a chat with all the teams. Uh, we've, we've seen, you know, spent a fair bit of money over all the different stalls, uh, stocking up on Lane's Rubs, a bit of Lily's Q and all, all that sort of goodness. Um, and, yeah, just, just meeting everyone again. So, I was joking with someone last night saying, I'm not too sure how I'm going to uh, break it to my wife that I've ordered a set of Smoke and Hot Confessions custom knives from, uh, from Cutthroat and a Mac and Knife Roll. But... Uh, yeah, I, when I get brave enough, I'll actually do that, and then I'll make up the story. I'm um, just telling you now, sponsored by uh, Macca and Cutthroat is, is my hot tip. Macca, Cutthroat, if you're listening, <laughs> look me up. Um, okay, so you've got big news. You've got big, big news since we last spoke. Tell us all about that. Um, well, probably the biggest news is I uh, quit my job, so that was fun, uh, to go full-time barbecue. So, yeah, since, um, since we first spoke, the schools have been tearing away and so it's now a, a full-time gig um, doing all things barbecue and teaching people how to yeah, cook on charcoal and, and wood fire. That's awesome man so is that a, a barbecue school so like you do lessons on weekends like how like what is it that uh, that your school does? Yeah so um, so I started Perth Barbecue School and basically our kind of fundamental lesson is basically an all-round uh, introduction to charcoal based cooking um, we cover low and slow, but it's really a, you know how to be a hero in your own backyard. So everything from cooking you know your own burgers, steaks and wings during the week, uh, through to you know your long slow cooks like beef ribs and pulled pork. Mate, that sounds absolutely fantastic, mate. I'm so proud and I'm so happy for you that that you've been able to uh, to to launch that and just make such a such a success of it. That's fantastic. Now, before I let you go, 
Can you break down some tips for me for the backyard barbecuers out there who want to cook the juiciest, most delicious wings they've ever done? Yeah, so I reckon wings, you've got to think about what you want to achieve with chicken wings. And for me, that's crunchy skin. So you want to get your, I think, your barbecue as hot as possible, um, ideally indirect heat. But um, we use uh, the kettle cones, like the, the Vortex style um, contraption in the Weber um, to get the, you know, the Weber up to a good, easily sort of 250, 300 degrees Celsius. Um, so you can really crisp up that chicken skin because you're never going to dry out chicken wings. They're all just fat, you know, fat uh, skin and gristle. Um, and so you really want to get that skin nice and uh, nice and crunchy, so almost sort of air frying levels of temperature. Mate, that's gold, mate, gold. So it's Perth Barbecue School. Ask for Gus and tell him Ben sent you. Yep, that's definitely the one. I'll, uh, I'll send the kick back in the mail, mate. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much for your time. Too easy. Thanks, mate. If you've been on Facebook any time in the last sort of six to 12 months, there has been a guy on the rise and rise of barbecue food photography in Australia. And that is, of course, Boomer from Boomer's Barbecue and Full Metal Kettle. I've managed to track him down. He's on an absolute high at the moment. We're going to talk about why that is in a minute. And uh, I just want to say welcome to the confessional, mate. And uh, it's good to see you again because I haven't seen you since this time last year at the Ribboff. That's it. Yep. G'day, mate. How's it going? Good man, good. So, how's Meatstock been to you this year? Uh, yeah, awesome. Really good event again. Tiring, but lots of good fun. What's been your favourite hand in? Uh, favourite hand in, probably the pork ribs. This one, yeah. Pork ribs actually finally, you know, nailed the sort of texture and um, yeah, got it. The first rack was perfect, so that was a fun one. Brisket was a little bit, you know, here and there, and most of the other categories are good, but yeah, pork ribs, I think. Mate, that sounds awesome. Pork ribs are actually my, my nemesis cut. I'm always either wildly over or wildly under. So for the listeners at home, what tips would you have for doing a nice mint set of pork ribs? Uh, this time, I suppose, we just went for texture instead. So we, instead of cooking to colour, we sort of just gave them a little bit unwrapped, maybe an hour, and then we wrapped them until we were pretty much happy with the, te- uh, the texture. So we checked them after about an hour and a half, put a toothpick in them, they like butter, let them rest a little, and then just finish with the glaze. So like, comparing to when they, you know, usually a four or five hour cook, they'll only done in, you know, they'll done in about two and a half, three hours. So we just cooked them to the texture, not the color, but just the texture. Mate, there's a, there's a hot tip right there, because everyone always says cook to color, so that's cool. That, there's a good inside tip. Now, the reason why there's a giant smile on your dial. Tell me what's happened to you in the last couple of days. Uh, well, it was a little bit of a shock to me, but um, Saffron, uh, bush cooking, she hit me up a little while ago to see if I'd be interested in sending some photos to the NBBQ Association. I can't remember the exact name of it all, but National Barbecue... National Barbecue and Grilling Association. That's it. There we go, yep. And um, yeah, she asked me to put a couple of pictures up and we put three in and I think I actually ended up getting a first, a second and a second. So yeah. Very crazy. I couldn't believe it, but yeah, funny things. <laughs> yeah, man, that was that, that was awesome. The Aussies absolutely killed it there at, at the fest at, at that conference this year. So uh, tell me about the photos. What, what did you actually submit? Uh, I can't remember the exact categories. I think one was live fire cooking. One might have been barbecue photo of the. I don't know if it was of the year, but I did a barbecued stuffed squid with risotto and chorizo, and then. I had sort of uh, sliced the actual head of the squid and separated so you could see all the internals or all the stuffing and laid it out and then the tentacles hanging out the front and yeah, smoked it, barbecued it and um, hey, that got first. The live fire was cooking lamb ribs with the flames sort of licking out over the lamb and the other category, yet again, I can't remember what it was for, but it was one of my things that I always do and people sometimes laugh at me, but it was a prosciutto wrapped brie cheese with a little bit of honey drizzled over the top and cheese oozing out and yeah, that got a second place as well. Mate, I think you pioneered that. You need to be trademarking that. I've seen that done a whole lot of times <laughs> since you first put that up. So you want to get on that real quick? Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of people have tried and um, and yeah, succeeded. Some haven't, but uh, oh, it's a good way to start a you know start a uh, barbecue meal. And I don't know, maybe I should try to trademark it. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, that's fantastic news, and I really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes out of your day. Um, I've got my fingers crossed that your pork ribs get you across the line, and I'll see you up on the stage shortly. Awesome, thanks, mate. Cheers. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the clock is ticking. We are getting closer and closer to 5.30. I've got one hour left to try and run around and get as many interviews as I can. And I've just happened to catch up with Derek from Chef El Guapo. Now, if you cast your mind back to episode 12, I did have a chat with, uh, with Derek from, uh, from Chef El Guapo, and it was his first competition at Meatstock last year. And he's had a big year this year. So, mate, welcome back to Meatstock and welcome back to Smoking Hot Confessions. Thanks, mate. It's good to see you again. Good to see you. So, fill me in, man. What's been happening this year? Okay, so uh, from last year, we went to Up in Smoke and then to Warwick Nabil, got a bit excited and then uh, spoke to a few sponsors and uh, started to enjoy it a bit more and we brought on some sponsors with Jack Daniels and Redheads and, and Smokey Q and, and Hark and, uh, and Kelly's Meats and, and now we're, we're right into it here at Meatstock 2018. So in under 12 months, you've managed to pick up a half a dozen sponsors. I think that's got to be a record. Yeah, that's not too bad. We've worked pretty hard and we've spoken to a lot of companies about what we can offer and how we can do it and obviously bringing out the low and slow, you know, to the public and, and getting it out there and getting plenty of exposure for, for their businesses. So it's been good and they've really come on board with it. Mate, that's great news. So for the listeners out there then, for those of them that are looking to get into competition barbecue and might want to get some sponsors, what would be some advice you would have for attracting and securing sponsorship? Uh, give them a product to actually use for their, you know, their products that they're trying to sell. Obviously using it, believing in their products too. If it's not going to work, then your heart's not in it and then you're probably not going to be, you know, as a, you know, emotionally attached. And people, the public, are not going to see that when you're not using their product but just having a brand name. You know, some teams get around and do that, but that's not the way we operate. We like to also operate around the family operations of businesses as well. We're a family ourselves. We've got mouths to feed and, you know, of course we need to look at, you know, how they operate as well. So we, we look at that process. Excellent. So matching, matching your needs to their needs. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, we like to make sure that we've got categories, you know, for what El Guapo and Sons operate with. We like to make sure that, uh, you know, it is, you know, sort of a version of Australian product, that it is supporting Australian families. And, and you know, we're really encouraged by that. Love it, mate. I love everything that you've just said. That's, that's fantastic. So what has been the highlight for Meatstock 2018 for you? Uh, look, we uh, had a bit of trouble with ribs earlier today with the winds causing havoc on the pits and uh, we actually had a bit of a timing issue where we burnt two racks, managed to get a third rack out and look, it seems to be that they actually turned out pretty good. So highlight wise, that was probably right up there, but we did some fantastic pork. We did a couple of different ways of pulled, chopped and sliced. I did a beautiful pork loin in a, in a charcoal rub and that's come out fantastic. So hopefully the judges see that and give us some high scores. Mate, I have no doubt that they will. Have you had much of a chance to, to, to see many of the, uh, the, the exhibitions or the stands or the different shows going on? Yeah, I have. Obviously sponsored by Hark, so I dropped by there and got a bit of exposure for their, their big green eggs and obviously the Hark Texas Pro Pit. Went over and seen Macca's knife rolls, which we picked up one from last year, and that's a fantastic knife roll from a chef's point of view. And uh, I've just actually visited the, uh, the main tent to see the Butcher Wars and uh, also uh, got in a bit of salami at the same time and dropped by and uh, had, a, had a photo with Paul Mercurio. That was a bit of fun. Oh wow! Did you did you throw your hands in the air in the in the classic flamenco pose? Uh, no, no. I was just admiring his shirt more than anything. I was just wondering how many there were left on the shelf. You should ask him where he got it from, man. Pin that down. I think it was uh, what do they call that uh, at Lowe's? I think that it was right on the front front doorstep. I think there's still quite a few left, so people will be able to buy one on the five dollar rack. Uh, I think it was $2.99 just quietly, but it's, it's, it's all good. It's all, all fun for exposure for him, I guess, and everybody remembers him for his shirt. There you go, man. There you go. It's all about how, how people remember you. Well, mate, thank you so much for your time. I'll let you go back and, uh, and, and join your lovely wife and relax until the awards. No problem. And just remember, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. <laughs> all right. Thanks, mate. Thanks very much. Folks, the man, the party, the legend. I've got Andrew Kavanagh here from Natural Born Grillers and the Q Club here. It's uh, Sunday afternoon. We're gearing up for presentations. Mate, how are you hanging on? 
No, we're doing well, Ben. Doing very well. I mean, it does get a bit weary this time of uh, this time of the day at any barbecue competition. Um, we did party uh, particularly hard last night after taking out the uh, inaugural pit boss competition. So we uh, we didn't. We definitely lived up to our reputation. Mate, that was amazing. Huge congratulations on that. For the listeners who weren't able to make it to Meatstock, walk us through what you did to win that. Oh, look, it was, I mean, it was a brand new concept from Jay. Jay, obviously Jay Beaumont from Meatstock, he tries to keep things fresh. He tries to come up with these new ideas. And this was something he wanted to showcase to the public. Uh, I guess let them actually see what we actually go through and how we present our food and then have like live judging and live critiquing as well. So it, our style of cooking is always a little bit different. We've never really been sort of traditional little low and slow style cookers. We like to always push the boundaries. I mean, our first, our first plate was a, a chicken plate and it could be anything you wanted. It was just, The judges were only going to eat the protein, but uh, we pushed the boat out with that and did a, uh, a smoked chicken liver parfait, which uh, apparently uh, Adam Roberts said was probably what got us over the line for the day. But um, was, there was a chicken category, there was a pork category, lamb category and beef category, and we were so pleased to be judged by our peers, by Hillbilly Wears, uh, we had Adam Roberts, we had... Uh, uh, Laura from Weber and obviously Big Mo Kaysen. So to, to take out and win three out of the four categories uh, in that format, absolutely wrapped, stoked. And yeah, it was, yeah, I don't know, words can't explain it, just over the moon. Mate, it was a great effort. It was sponsored by A&E, so I'm really hoping we get to see you on Foxtel soon. Yeah, well, you never know. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was a bit of food porn. I said we weren't the only ones dishing up some good food, though. It was some tough competition. The badass boys can cook. Smoke face grillers. I mean, big call out to both those teams. I give them absolute kudos because I'm really, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it was tough. Yeah, the the fourth team in there as well. They just uh, got got called in at the last minute that that morning. So, uh, man, I've I, I got to tip my hat to that too because for having had no notice, I saw some of their stuff. It was sensational too. Oh look! When you put your, you know, when when you cook competition barbecue, you're putting your heart on the plate. So it doesn't matter whether you finish first, last. I mean, I've got respect for every single one of the competitors that you know we always come up against when we do these competitions. I mean, you know, a lot of the public probably don't see the work that goes into it. I mean, yes, it's a two-day, it's a two-day festival generally, but the lead-up work, the prep work that goes on behind the scenes, you know, the rowing together. I mean, yeah, we this is our hobby. We do it because we love it, but uh, it definitely can be a bit of a labour love sometimes absolutely now speaking of labor of love you have a brand new labor of love in the q club man tell me all about that because i'm not from melbourne i haven't had a chance to be there yet break it down for me what is it that you do well, the Q Club is a, well, a bit of a unique sort of barbecue retail concept. I mean, we just took our love of, like, we, we love we love low and slow barbecue, and uh, I wanted a bit of change of scenery, I guess, in my career, so we decided to start this uh, barbecue store, which was sort of, I think it was born out of many, many kilometres on the road, towing our pit from competition to competition, so wouldn't it be cool to have a barbecue store that uh, sold only, you know, the, I guess, that you know, top brands. I mean, we are definitely sort of mid to higher level sort of brands in, in our store. But, you know, when you walk into a barbecue store that it always smelt like barbecue, hence we have a cafe. So we're, you know, every day we're cooking in the barbecue store. You know, we're very big on the education too. So, I mean, you know, every barbecue we sell comes with a complimentary cooking class because we really want to start imparting, you know, sharing some of the knowledge that we've you know, garnered over the years and give them that back. So, you know, I've you know, I use the analogy all the time about, you know, when you buy a car, you know, you're like buying sort of some sorts of barbecues, you, a lot of people only use you know, them in a very one-dimensional way when there is multi-facets to them. So, you know, like driving a car and only, you know, not getting out of first gear, essentially. So, doing these cooking classes gives people the confidence to, to utilise the barbecue to their full ability. So, we're also a function space, cafe, cooking school, bar uh, and barbecue store. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it, it sounds a bit funky, but uh, it definitely fits. So pretty much anything that you can think of to do with barbecue, they can come hang out with you and do it there. Totally, man. Totally. Um, we love it. I mean, we just had the uh, meat stock launch party on the Friday night. We had 150 people of, uh, you know, again, all our peers coming to our store, uh, having all you can eat barbecue. Again, nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than seeing people enjoying our food. Beautiful, mate. Well said. Well, look, thank you very much for your time. I realise you've got customers lined up here waiting to talk to you, so I will let you go. And uh, I just want to say thanks, and I appreciate it. Oh, absolute pleasure, Ben. Thank you for the opportunity. And, um, yeah, hi to all your listeners. If you're ever in Melbourne, please please drop in and say good day. You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. It's sacrilegious.
Now, Luke, would you please organise the trophy for me for the uh, the A&E Crowd Choice Awards? So, the A&E Foxtel Crowd Choice Awards winner at Meatstock 2018. Please put your hands together for the Rib Stars from Mars, ladies and gentlemen. Now, so in the first category, so sponsored by Lane's Barbecue Australia, so Ryan Lane and Brett Stokes. In 10th position, ladies and gentlemen, give it up and stand up and take a bow, Roland Smoke Barbecue. And in tied 8th position, we have got Waddlebank Park Farm and the Smoke Face Gorillas. Okay, in seventh position, Porky's Pit Barbecue. Did pretty well in the SCA as well. In sixth position, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the Smoking Joints. And coming in fifth place, Hector's Smokehouse. In fourth position, oh, only just, Dr. Q. All right. So coming in third position with a cash prize of $100. Give it up in the chicken category here at Meatstock 2018 for Full Metal Kettle. Okay. And in second place, taking home a nice little trophy and $200 cash money. Oh, two points in it. Ladies and gentlemen, second place goes to No Beard Required. All righty, time for the big one. So they came away with a quite a nice little six point win there. Ladies and gentlemen, here at Meatstock 2018, coming in first place in the chicken category, give it up for Third Degree Burns. Okay, I'm gonna be calling out once again from 10th through to fourth position, so can you please stand up and take a bow. Sticky Bits Barbecue coming in 10th position. Coming in ninth place, they won't have even had time to sit down now. Third Degree Burns came in ninth in the lamb category. Coming in eighth in the lamb category, Smoking Coles Barbecue. And in seventh position, Agents of Q. Coming in number six, Scotch and Smoke. In fifth place in the lamb category, Southern Boys. Well done. Fourth place in the lamb category. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the smoking joints. So, third place, and walking away with a beautiful little trophy and $100. Please give it up in the lamb category here at Meatstock 2018 for Natural Born Gorillas! Okay, so in the lamb category here at Meatstock 2018, coming in second place, by a point, ladies and gentlemen, 
the beard and the barbecue. And now, in first position, taking out the big trophy, the big dog. All right, uh, and we believe that the prize money, even though we haven't got an envelope because it's being checked in the mail, is $500. So that's pretty cool. So, if it's not, don't come looking for me. Okay, coming in first place here at Meatstock 2018 in the lamb category, ladies and gentlemen, Smokeface Grillers! All right, so once again, stand up and be acknowledged. This is the brisket category. In 10th position, it's the Burning Beard Barbecue. Coming in tied in eighth place, Smoking Coles Barbecue and Stoke and Smoke Barbecue. Well done, teams. In seventh place, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the Smoking Hot Smart Fires. Coming in position number six, ladies and gentlemen, it's Butcher's Axe Barbecue. Coming up in the points race here, in fifth position, Smokeface Grillers. And in fourth place, Natural Brawn Grillers. Only two points between those last two. Okay, so on, sponsored by Flaming Coals in the brisket category here at Meatstock 2018, third place, Trophy and 100 bucks goes to Full Metal Kettle. Ooh, oh wow, okay. One point between second and third, one point between first and second. I love it. Okay, second place in the brisket category, sponsored by Flaming Coals. The Smoking Meat House. In Meatstock 2018, here in beautiful Melbourne. It was a lovely day today. A little bit windy. Oh, you want me to read this? Okay, um, coming in first place, Jimmy Brisket. So, oh, triple tie for 10th for place. This is the pork category, sponsored by the Q Club. Thank you very much. Triple tie for 10th place goes to No Beard Required, Agents of Q and Roland Smoke. Congratulations. 10th equal place getters. Coming in ninth place, <laughs> Kraken Barbecue. In the poor category, coming in eighth position, Full Metal Kettle. And in seventh place, Jimmy Brisket. Coming in position number six, ladies and gentlemen, Natural Born Rulers. And in position number five, the Smoking Meat House. In place number four, Moist Barbecue. I'm gonna say that again, Moist Barbecue. <laughs> All right. Sponsored by the Q Club, coming in third place. Oh, nice and tight at the top there too. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for our third places, third place getter in the pork category, Robin Grubb, ladies and gentlemen. Well done. Okay, second position in the pork category here at Meatstock 2018, 
Good. Get your hands rolling for Triple C's Barbecue, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Sponsored by the Q Club in the pork category here at Meat Stock 2018. First place goes to the beard and the barbecue. Now, our final category, pork ribs. Sponsored by Sun Pork, of course. In 10th position, ladies and gentlemen, full metal kettle. In ninth position, Sticky Pits Barbecue. Coming in tied in sixth position, a triple way, three way tie, there is the Smoking Joint, Rollin' Smoke, and Triple C's Barbecue. Hardly had time to sit down, but in fifth position, the Beard and the Barbecue. Coming in fourth place, Butcher's Axe Barbecue. Okay. In third place in the Pork Ribs category, sponsored by Sun Pork here at Mixstock 2018. Ladies and gentlemen, put it together for Smoke and Steel. Hang up the back there. Very tight between third and second as well. So, uh, the pork ribs category barbecue wars here at Meatstock 2018. Second place getters, Southern Boys. Yeah. All righty. Coming in first place, and by a nice little margin too, may I say. In the pork ribs category, sponsored by Sun Pork, Melbourne 2018 Meat Stock Barbecue Wars, Eureka Smoke! Yeah! All right, Emily, we need you back up, please. It is time for Grand Champion and Reserve Grand Champion. All right, so we're gonna call from 20 right through to one. So, coming in 20th place for the grand champion, sponsored by A&E Channel on Foxtel. Ladies and gentlemen, Full Throttle Barbecue. In 19th position, no beard required. Coming in 18th place, Smoking Hot Smart Fires. In 17th position, Roland Smoke. Coming in position number 16, Moist Barbecue. In 15th place, Scotch and Smoke. In position 14, Smoke and Coles Barbecue. Coming in lucky 13, Dr. Q. In 12th place, Agents of Q. Position number 11, Jimmy Brisket. In 10th place, Butcher's Axe Barbecue. In ninth position, Triple C's Barbecue. Coming in position number eight, The Smoking Meat House. And just above them in position number seven, The Smoking Joint. Getting up the top end now, in position number six, Smoke and Steel. Yeah. 
in fifth place in the Grand Champion points, third degree Burns. In fourth place, Full Metal Kennel. Coming in position number three, Natural Born Gorillas. All right. So in second place, the reserve grand champion, walking away with this beautiful cutthroat knife and a beautiful little Yeti cooler over there, fantastic barbecue and a chunk of money. 400,000. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, get them up on stage. Smokeface Gorillas! Okay. Sponsored by and presented by the lovely Emily from AD Channel on Foxtel, the grand champion here at Meatstock 2018 in the Barbecue Wars. Ladies and gentlemen, Put your hands together for the beard and the barbecue! Taking away the beautiful cutthroat knife and an awesome trophy in the big old Yeti cooler. Ladies and gentlemen, your reserve grand champions, Smokeface Gorillas, and the grand champion this year for 2018, the Beard and the Barbecue. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Beatstock 2018. I hope you've all had an amazing time. And like we said before, thank you very much to every single one of you for competing. Thank you for being here as a guest, if that was the case as well. We've all really enjoyed our weekend, and we hope that you have too. And we look forward to seeing you in Sydney in May. So bring it on. You've been at Meatstock 2018. There it is, folks. Meatstock Melbourne 2018. Massive congrats to Smokeface Gorillas on Reserve Grand Champion and the Beard and the Barbecue for Grand Champion. And thanks to all the folks that were part of the show. Join me next episode as I head to sunny Queensland for the Barbecue and Beer Roadshow. Before I let you go, jump on over to Facebook and join us at the Smoking Hot Confessions community. If you're into barbecue, we're into you. And finally, take a minute to subscribe, rate and review the show. This episode's supporter shout-out goes to DMAC25 for their five-star rating and stellar review on Apple Podcasts. It is very much appreciated. Well, that's the show. Till next time, take care of each other and keep on curing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>